the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. And a glorious morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started now at eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on a Wednesday, the fifth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2020. I am thrilled to report to you tonight that our economy is the best it has ever been. Our military is completely rebuilt with its power being unmatched anywhere in the world. And it's not even close. Our borders are secure, our families are flourishing, our values are renewed, our pride is restored. And for all of these reasons, I say to the people of our great country and to the members of Congress, the state of our union is stronger than ever before. President Donald J. Trump laid it out with that opening summary, laid out for all Americans what the Democrats most feared. We are winning, and we are going to continue to do so. That was the message in the president's speech last night, and Democrats were terrified of it because every single word of it is true. And they know it. That's why they have tried so desperately to find a way to remove him, A, from office, and B, from the ballot coming up this November. Because they know there is a landslide coming, and there is nothing they can do to stop it. Thanks for joining us this morning. We have so much to do. Coming up in uh, about a half an hour, Peter Kersenow is coming back. Yeah, Kersenow, wasn't he just on yesterday? Yes, he was. But when I heard from Pete today, and he said, I've got something to say about the State of the Union last night. You got any time? 
Are you kidding me? Peter's coming on in a half an hour at 9.35. Very much looking forward to what he has to say about the State of the Union last night. The President of the United States outlining all of the tremendous successes that this country has uh, 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 had and has enjoyed over the course of the last three years. And Democrats sat there like the most petulant class of third graders that you have ever seen refusing to acknowledge virtually any of it even that which cannot be disputed even that which should be bipartisan including support for all americans who are thriving in this great economy african-american poverty has declined to the lowest rate ever recorded One would think they would stand and cheer the decline of African-American poverty. Democrats sat. They don't support a decline in African-American poverty. Why do you suppose they don't support a decline in African-American poverty? Why did they sit on their hands? Why did Nancy Pelosi remain seated? That's a pretty important thing. The decline in African-American poverty to the lowest ever recorded. Why would you not stand and cheer for that? And the answer is because they have a very vested interest in African-American poverty. If they can keep black people poor, then their belief is the black people will continue to support them for giving them subsidies. Black people will go to Democrats and say, give me my uh, my, my uh, uh, EBT card, give me my subsidized housing, give me my subsidized health care, give me my free this, free that, and free everything else. The racist Democrat Party thinks African Americans can never rise up on their own, that they'll always be coming back to them. That's the plantation that you hear people. Tremendous African-American scholars like Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams. A new, younger generation of African-American leaders and spokespersons like Candace Owens. They're all pointing out the plantation that the Democrats have tried to keep black people chained to is big government handouts. Don't worry, we got you. We'll keep giving you free stuff. You keep voting for us. That's the only reason why Democrats sat on their hands when the president said, guess what? Black people aren't going to keep coming back to you, Democrats, because they are thriving, which is all conservative Republicans have ever tried to make happen. To clear the way for everybody of every color to thrive in America, the American economy. That's exactly what the Democrats fear. Democrats, or excuse me, African Americans rising up out of poverty and no longer needing Democrat subsidies, making it on their own, which is exactly what every American strives to do. African Americans, Latino Americans, women, the handicapped, and I know that's the non-PC term, but I'm not PC here, but in terms of people who have different uh, challenges, all of these specific demographic groups are thriving at a level higher than ever before. And the Democrats don't want you to know it. 
They're terrified at this news getting out. That's why they sat there. That's why they wouldn't stand and applaud. The unemployment rate for women reached the lowest level in almost 70 years. And last year, women filled 72% of all new jobs added. Now, I'm watching the video. You're not. As President Trump said last year, women filled 72% of the new jobs added. Male Vice President Mike Pence rose to applaud behind the president. Female Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi sat and did not applaud. Then the camera pans to the women all wearing white in their little show of solidarity. The women members of the Democrat Congress, they sat. Why would you not stand and applaud the fact that women took 72% of the new jobs? For the same reason, they didn't stand at the acknowledgement of the uh, African-American poverty rate being at an all-time low. These people want specific demographic groups to remain impoverished. They want them to suffer and struggle, because without it, they cannot play the only kind of politics that they know. Identity politics. They can't scream that Donald Trump is a racist if black people are thriving under Donald Trump. They can't scream that Donald Trump and his administration is sexist if women are thriving under Donald Trump. They can't claim that President Trump hates brown people if Latino Americans are thriving under Donald Trump. Their entire argument which is based and rooted in identity politics, is gone. And then what are they going to do? Then they're going to try to find somebody in the weakest, most pathetic, far-left cesspool of candidates, maybe in the history of American presidential campaigns. They're going to try to find somebody from that group to beat Donald Trump on the merits of their arguments. Without identity politics to cling to, what are they going to do? Well, I think we saw what they're going to do. They're going to trip and stumble and bumble and fumble all over themselves like they did in Iowa on Monday. They are literally lost stumbling and bumbling around, baffled at what to do about this guy. He's killing us. In the span of three days, these three things will have happened. The Democrats will have screwed up a simple caucus in Iowa, being unable to figure out who the hell won, who finished second, third, and fourth, what the total vote counts were, 48 hours after the actual caucuses. Then, the President of the United States gives a one-hour and 15-minute lecture on the greatness of this country, highlighted by, by very personal moments and recognition of some amazing Americans and all of the wonderful accomplishments they have been able to achieve. 
while Nancy Pelosi sits behind the president, shuffling papers, scowling, talking, trying to get Mike Pence's attention, and doing everything but being respectful of the president of the United States. And I haven't even gotten to the end yet. I haven't even gotten to the paper shredder. And then, of course, the third thing will be today, when the President of the United States is acquitted overwhelmingly of the most ridiculous, bogus, sham impeachment articles in the history of the presidency. Those three things, Iowa, State of the Union, and acquittal. Oh, and by the way, let's throw one more in for good measure. Four things happen over the course of these three days. The President got his approval rating from Gallup. The Gallup poll shows President Trump with a personal best all-time high of 49% overall approval, which, by the way, includes 42% African-American approval of the President of the United States. It's a higher approval rating, 49% is, than Barack Obama had at the same time going into the last year of his first term. President Trump is killing it, despite all of the obstacles, including the witch hunt over Russia, the bogus sham impeachment nonsense, 100% negative media coverage. And yet we continue to thrive. The Democrats are done. And last night, Nancy Pelosi showed it. President Trump broke her last night. He literally broke her. And we'll talk about that after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Let's get to the elephant in the room now. I wanted to spend the entirety of the opening segment this morning focused on the speech, focusing on the content about the military, about the economy, about the jobs, about minorities thriving in this country and all the rest. I wanted to spend time on that. I haven't talked about Rush Limbaugh and the Medal of Freedom and other things yet, but but I wanted to focus on the speech and not Nancy Pelosi's Third grade temper tantrum at the end of the uh, at the end of the speech, her tearing into p- the pages of the president's speech on live camera or on, on on live television on camera, and the reason for that is this: I feel and I fear that Nancy Pelosi's move was an effective one. Okay. First of all, let me say that I join you in condemning this disgusting, reprehensible, pathetic, juvenile behavior of Nancy Pelosi to do this. I condemn it in no uncertain terms. But I'm going to tell you something else. It is effective. If you turn on television this morning, any news television, if you turn on the radio, Hugh Hewitt this morning, most of the questions that are being asked and answered have to do with Nancy Pelosi's temper tantrum, tearing that speech in half. How low class it was, how unbecoming it was, how reprehensible it was, how disrespectful it was, not just to the president, but to the body, 
to the history and the tradition of the State of the Union Address. Think about that. That's what everybody's talking about. And that means she won. She has taken attention away from a full hour of the president listing amazing accomplishments that he and his administration have been responsible for, for the American people. The president's speech was a home run. It was a grand slam. I got a CBS poll in front of me that shows approval of the uh, president's speech. 97%, according to a CBS poll, of Republicans approved of the president's remarks. Only 30% of Democrats, and according to the CBS News poll, 82% of independents approved of the president's remarks. It was a grand slam of a speech. It outlined all of the accomplishments that the mainstream media tries to hide every single day through their biased coverage. So this morning, instead of all of us focusing on the president's remarkable speech and the facts contained therein, everybody's talking about Nancy Pelosi. Everybody's talking about Nancy Pelosi tearing the the speech in half. And that means she was effective. She won to the extent that she was able to get the attention of the American people by way of news media, television, and radio, and a lot online. She has taken attention away from the president's list of accomplishments. The president's grand slam of a speech. Instead of that, we're all talking about a drunken Pelosi disgrace, which is exactly what it was. Now, I'm not saying she was drunk, but I'm saying she always sounds drunk, so I'm going to roll with it. And that's exactly what happened here. She embarrassed herself. She humiliated herself. I think it's going to ultimately backfire on her because there are going to be more Americans who are nonpartisan. You know, the middle of the road, fence sitters, whatever you want to call them, the undecided voters, the independents, who are going to be so disgusted by that display. That's going to be what reelects Donald Trump. It's that kind of behavior that really led to Donald Trump upsetting Hillary Clinton in the first place. But that is the kind of disgusting, reprehensible behavior that's going to drive people to President Trump. That and the bogus impeachment. They know there's nothing to that. The American people know it. That's why they didn't bother watching it. There had never before in American history been a solely partisan impeachment where only members of one party voted to impeach. And in fact, the only bipartisanship was in opposition to the Articles of Impeachment. As Democrats crossed over and joined the president's side, the American people are going to the president's side. And all she did was make that worse. But for today, she was effective. Instead of talking about uh, the president's accomplishments and that great speech, they're talking about Nancy Pelosi. Here is Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. This is what's most interesting here. If anybody in America questioned that this impeachment is so political, it shows the animosity that she has. She's bitter. It's She's blown up in her face. The president never mentioned impeachment. The only person to ever mentioned impeachment was the Democrat response. Prince. But and today rating. he's going to get acquitted for life. Yeah, his approval rating is 49 percent. It's the highest it's ever been. Not only is he, this is higher than where Barack Obama was. He was at 26. Yeah. And the Republican Party favorability is the highest it's been yeah. in more than 15 years. Well, there's Kevin, something that's happening. This is what the White House. Everybody is talking about Nancy Pelosi and what she did at the end of the speech, rather than Donald Trump and what he said in the speech. It was calculated. You know, it's funny, we call it a temper tantrum as if it was, you know, something she did off the cuff. It wasn't. 
There's no doubt in my mind, none whatsoever. And if you look at it closely, you will agree. This was planned. This was something that she went into the State of the Union address planning to do. She's going to tear that thing up in order to make a stand, in order to make a statement, and take attention away from what he says. It worked. That's all everybody's talking about this morning, and that's why I wanted to spend the first segment of this show talking about nothing but accomplishments for all Americans, minority Americans, female Americans, all Americans rising under the policies of this president. And I hope everybody remembers that throughout the day, not just the Nancy Pelosi temper tantrum. Peter Chris and I reacts to it all coming up next day in 1420 The Answer. Tomorrow for all Americans also requires us to keep America safe. That means supporting the men and women of law enforcement at every level, including our nation's heroic ICE officers. Last year, our brave ICE officers arrested more than 120,000 criminal aliens charged with nearly 10,000 burglaries, 5,000 sexual assaults, 45,000 violent assaults, and 2,000 murders. Tragically, there are many cities in America where radical politicians have chosen to provide sanctuary for these criminal, illegal aliens. I want to continue to focus as much as possible about the substance of the speech because that's what the Democrats are trying to help you or to force you to ignore. They're trying to mask that. They're trying to hide all of the substance of the speech so that all the only thing that people are talking about is Nancy Pelosi and her incredible temper tantrum. Joining us now with a little reaction to the State of the Union last night. It's a familiar voice because you just heard him yesterday, but when you get an opportunity to get reaction from Peter Kersenow, you grab it. Peter Kersenow from the United States Commission on Civil Rights. How are you doing, Pete? Bob, I'm doing really well. Just one week until Pitchers and Catches report, and I think that yesterday culminated a trifecta that may have been the worst for any political party in at least the last 40 years, maybe maybe more than that. Really, really astonishing to watch the meltdown in Iowa, the um, tremendous speech yesterday followed by, I think, a just an incomprehensible mistake on the part of Nancy Pelosi, and then third, the acquittal that will happen today. This is this is really an amazing uh, trifecta here, and I think the Democrats are in a lot of trouble. A long time between now and the election, but you got to like where we stand right now if you're a conservative. Well, what I found uh, really amazing about last night, and you're right, by the way, that uh, I, I had a four, uh, four-tiered uh, um, a list, uh, including the approval rating. 49% approval rating is 3% right. higher than Barack Obama had going into his uh, uh, last year of his first term. So it's, pretty, it's a pretty amazing week for the president to get those numbers. And by the way, 
African-American approval rating, 42%, now up from 34%, which we saw just about a month ago. It is amazing how that continues to turn, and that's what made last night so interesting. Pete, we know that there are partisan responses to State of the Union addresses, but the president announces that African-American poverty rates have shrunken to their lowest in recorded history, and their jobless rates are the lowest in in recorded history. Women took 72% of the jobs, uh, the new jobs that were added last year. All of these things are supposed to play right to the Democrats who love identity politics. They say they're looking out for all of these different protected classes. Uh, Trump is racist. Trump is sexist. Well, here he is saying all of these people have been lifted up over the course of the last three years. Look at the great news. And did they stand and applaud the greatness of all America? No. They sat on their hands. The heck with black people. The heck with women getting jobs. That, to me, was one of the most uh, uh, the, the things that stood out the most last night. Right, and you're right, Bob, and those visuals are the kind that propel the approval rates you're talking about, despite the fact that for the last three and a half years, we've heard that this is the most racist president in history, that white supremacy is abroad in the land. You've seen approval rates that have never been matched in 60, no, strike that, I I, I, I strike that, since the Eisenhower administration for a Republican president or Republican candidate, period. That has gotten, we've talked about this before, Bob, and I've been following this, this is kind of a pet of mine that nobody really follows us. I've been on this for about 30 years now. The approval ratings are astonishing right now, and Trump was brilliant to have in the audience. And, you know, every, every president does this, and we all know that is part of the cosmetic display, um, <clears throat> but it's done. It's naked political opportunism, but he's doing it combined with real results. So he has, and he's forced the Democrats to sit on their hands. Bad visual when you've got, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, 100 years old. By the way, that best-looking 100-year-old I've ever seen. Unbelievable, um, right? You know, exactly right. You know, um, he, they're sitting on their hands for Charles McGee, was his name, as I recall, and his, his great-grandson there. They're sitting on their hands when Sergeant Williams comes, comes over and surprises his family. You know, they're sitting on their hands when he talks about the fact that illegal immigrants in sanctuary cities are killing Americans, and yet the Democrats want to then reward them with free health care. You had the 92-year-old Maria Fuentes who was killed, then you had Rocky Jones's brother up in the gallery. They sit on their hands for that. Then you had Janiah Davis and her mother, I think her mother's name was Stephanie, trapped in government schools. He grants a scholarship right there and talks about more opportunities for alternatives to being in, in, in public schools. He's got Raul Ortiz, who is uh, obviously, he is Hispanic, deputy chief of the Border Patrol, who's been, you know, uh, uh, the Democrats forever have been going on about ICE and the Border Patrol and what racists there are. He sticks it right to them and gives the lie to everything they've been talking about. And in addition to that, it puts, puts the mainstream media in a really uncomfortable spot because, as you and I know, Bob, 95%, 95%, this is not an exaggeration of the coverage of the president is negative. Most people don't, not most, but many people don't even hear the success stats because the mainstream media doesn't 
report them. And despite that, despite the fact that they don't hear them, despite the fact that 95% of the coverage is negative, his approval rating, as you just indicated, is higher than that of Barack Obama, who did nothing but was lionized as if he was the second coming. This is an extraordinary turn of events. I think the president's going to capitalize on it. Nancy Pelosi, I think, made a big error. There's two, two ways of approaching this. One is that, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi does this, and as a result, you're talking about Nancy Pelosi as opposed to talking about Donald Trump. Unfortunately for Nancy Pelosi, I think she miscalculated, if this was calculated at all and not just done out of fit of peak, and I'm not yet sure what she's done. I'm not convinced that I she's think it was planned. I think it was planned, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, you, I, and and there, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I tend to think, though, that she's not the great strategist. A lot of people try to think she is. If she is the great strategist, boy, has this been a bad week for her because all of her best laid plans are blowing up in her face. The problem here is most State of the Union addresses have a lifespan of maybe a couple of hours, you know, or maybe to the next morning's life cycle. She is perpetuating this life cycle, and more and more people are going to be hearing many of the positive messages in addition to Nancy Pelosi's ripping up that um, that State of the Union address. So more people than otherwise would have heard it are going to hear it. And here's the interesting part. The MSNBCs of the world, I, was, I just did a quick scan this morning at about 6 in the morning. I'm just flipping channels and channels I normally don't look at because they give me heartburn. CNN, MSNBC, and all of those. And every single one is talking about the juxtaposition of Nancy Pelosi after having all those great stories in the gallery, which were supported by Trump's stats and initiatives. She rips that up, and what she is doing is ripping up their stories. Those people sitting in the stands are ordinary Americans. Most of them don't have a partisan bone in their body, and people identify them. People understand that they are Americans, and they cheer for them, and Nancy Pelosi spit on them. And all of the Democrats who sat there, sat on their hands for 98 minutes, or whatever it was, an hour and 18 minutes, every single one of them, they couldn't stand for a Tuskegee Airman. They couldn't stand for a guy, a grieving brother who lost his his uh, brother to an illegal alien, they can't stand for that stuff. It's incredible. It's shameful, and you don't walk that back. Peter, I want to be, uh, I want to be wrong, um, and I want to agree with you, um, but, but I don't know that I can wholeheartedly, because everything you just said, we had to be reminded of. What I mean is we needed to be reminded about the, the, the Tuskegee Airmen. We needed to be reminded about the soldier killed by Soleimani who is featured. We needed to be reminded about the American girl who was tortured and killed by ISIS and the two-year-old who uh, survived and thrived uh, after, uh, uh, you know, with some incredible neonatal care, you know, shining a spotlight on life, on all life. She was uh, born at 21 weeks, how needs to be protected. We forgot about all those things and needed to be reminded about them because everybody's talking about Nancy Pelosi. So I fear that of the two things that you just said could be the result of this, that the first one is, is I think, prioritized here. As you said, there's usually only a short life cycle for the reaction to the State of the Union address. That life cycle is this morning, and this morning I turned on TV like you did, and almost everything I heard was about Nancy Pelosi. Can you believe she did that? And was it planned and was it not? And uh, was it fair and just turn about fair play because Trump didn't shake her hand and blah, blah, blah. And all of the ICE stats, all of the uh, economic stats, jobless stuff, it was just, you know, it was just lost in this. And that's what I'm really afraid of here is that she will have been effective, even if only for a short period of time. Yeah, and, and I think you, you have a, you know, look, I, I, I think that your analysis is a very smart one. I, I think that, however, 
it's not forgotten. Everyone forgets discrete stats. You're not going to remember that, for example, the, uh, we have uh, the lowest unemployment rate for African Americans, and there's a, you know, tw- 25% of all of the new wage increases go to the lowest end, and only 4.5% go to the highest end, so on and so forth. You don't remember those discrete stats, but the reason why you're, one of the reasons why you're outraged by what Nancy Pelosi did is it comes in response to all this good news, and all you get from her is petulance. And it also comes in response, and in derogation of and an insult to all those fine Americans who were pointed out by Trump in the gallery. That's why it was that bad. If Trump, if, if she had simply torn up a speech that was your typical standard uh, State of the Union address, yeah, it would have gotten attention. And the kind that you're talking about. But the contrast was so vivid. Trump is going through a litany of successes that as somebody who's watched State of the Union addresses for 40 years, and I still remember what I thought was the best State of the Union was the, the one with uh, Reagan right after the uh, flight went down into the Potomac. That was so memorable. This one exceeded that, in my estimation. Everyone has different opinions as to, you know, what's the greatest State of the Union address. Most of them are forgettable. I sure. thought this one was spectacular, knocked out of, uh, out of the ballpark. People are going to be talking about this for a long time because Nancy, in, in large part, because Nancy Pelosi is keeping it alive. But more importantly, knowing this Trump White House, they've got a great communications effort, despite the fact that the media will try not to their best acknowledge these things, they send out things constantly about these types of stats. In fact, he only touched upon just the, the tip of the iceberg. He only covered a few of them. There's so That's right. many more that he could talk about. The, the litany of successes of this president, all of them were accurate, are truly astonishing. In my lifetime, I have never seen, and, and you know we've talked about this, Bob, every first week of the month, I check the Bureau of Labor Statistics stats. I've been doing it for 40 years. I've never seen anything like that. It's not reported. You know, the old thing about if a tree falls in the forest, but if there's nobody there, there to, to hear it, does it make a sound? <laughs> Simply because MSNBC, CNN, and all the other alphabet agencies or, or networks aren't reporting, it doesn't mean it's seeping into people because they're feeling it in their pocketbooks, in their daily lives. The, the stuff that's out there right now, I've never seen any other president being able to accomplish. And consider, it is, they are his accomplishments. He's the guy driving these initiatives in the face of the worst resistance we've seen since at least Lincoln and the Civil War. He's been able mm. to do this despite the fact that he's getting absolutely no assistance, not just from opposite members of Congress, but from never-Trumpers and the almost the entire spectrum of the media, with the exception of possibly Fox News and, and talk radio. Truly an astonishing accomplishment, and that's why I think you see the poll numbers reflected. Because people are, even people who are partisan or people who, are, who may be in the middle and don't have a real dog in a fight, they're starting to see the unfairness of what's going on. This guy has real achievements, and despite the fact they're not hearing it on MSNBC, they're feeling it in their pocketbook, and they understand that this is different from what they saw under Obama, and they ascribe much of it to Trump. Peter Kirsten, I was our guest analyzing the State of the Union last night and Nancy Pelosi's uh, incred- incredible uh, reaction uh, to it, tearing up uh, in four separate stacks, tearing up the president's speech, and indeed in the process, tearing up uh, all of those stories that j- that Peter just uh, ran through. Pete, um, those uh, who defend Pelosi say she had a right to because the president snubbed her and didn't shake her hand. I've watched that over and over again. The president didn't shake Mike Pence's hand either. It wasn't a greeting type of thing. It was a here's your copy, here's your copy. I'm turning around to go go to work here. Um, they're saying though that the fact that she stuck her hand out as he was starting to turn and he didn't stop to turn around and shake it means that he was the one who really you know started the pettiness here. How do you respond? 
Uh, I think that's that's baloney for a couple of reasons. Number one is nobody saw, you know, you had to see a replay. And I saw the replay, okay? And it does look like he snubbed her. It was not a big snub. You know, he, it didn't look like he was, it was even on his radar in terms of shaking right. her hand. He didn't, you know. I don't he didn't pause he, with Pence either. It was just here, here. Now I'm going to work. That's, he just that's exactly right. Exactly right. And especially, you know, everyone was wondering, what's the president going to do? Is he going to do something? He's going to make some reference to impeachment? Given the fact that this guy has gone through the Russia investigation and now this impeachment, he has gone through the resistance for his entire term, despite the fact that he's producing for the American people, that was, you could understand why he might want to snub somebody. But here's the point. Nancy Pelosi made a show, a protracted show, of, of ripping up three separate stacks of that speech, was, which is an official document. She stood up and did it so the cameras would see it. I think there's a difference in kind and degree when you do something like that. And nobody really said anything about Trump's purported snub by not shaking her hand. But everyone focused like a laser on what Nancy Pelosi did because it was so in your face. And it was, again, I'll repeat this again, subsequent to all of these great stories about great Americans and successes directly attributable to Trump's policies. I think I told you once before, Bob, shortly after Trump was um, uh, elected, I went to the White House and, you know, I was being interviewed for Secretary of Labor. And I I told you about the list of things that were in Steve Bannon's office on, on a white wall. There were over, I don't even remember, I think it was like 140 items. And I, I won't disclose all the things I saw, but they were tasks or goals that they had set for themselves, and he'd already stricken maybe three or four of them that they had done. I'm here to tell you, the guy is going through methodically that list. I remember coming back and talking to some of my partners, and I said, if he just gets through one quarter of that, he's the greatest president in history. He's exceeded that. I'm not saying he's the greatest president in history. He hasn't gone through you know, a major war or anything like that. But nonetheless, he is a guy, his, as he says, he makes promises and he keeps them, and people in the United States are being rewarded for that. And the only thing standing in his path are rabid Democrats. Peter Kersenow joining us on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, Pete. I need a timeout. I only want to keep you for like three more minutes to ask you about today's event, the vote, and the the acquittal of the president. So hang with me through this quick timeout. Kersenow back for one more segment after this. All right, 956. I've got uh, Peter Kirsten out just for a couple of more minutes here uh, before the top of the hour. Hey, Pete, um, you've correctly pointed out that in the State of the Union last night, in an hour and 15 minute speech, the president did not mention impeachment once. I thought he might. I thought he might uh, try to stick it to the uh, Democrats over this and really turn it into something much more partisan than it was, but he did not. Today, 4 p.m., they are scheduled to vote for this. Do you think the fact that he did not rub any noses in the vote or the witness vote or Anything else like that, do you think that it might encourage any Democrat senators that were in that chamber last night to vote for acquittal? I think it might persuade one or two who are on the fence to possibly do so. I was struck by a couple of things. I don't know if you noticed, it was very visible, but Kristen Sinema from Arizona, who's gone off on a, a tangent very often, different from the Democrats, mm-hmm. was standing. <laughs> it was really kind of bizarre. All the Democrats are sitting, and she was standing at a number of different junctures during the course of the speech, during unemployment, a lot of other things. Um, I don't know if she's somebody who uh, you know is going to do anything, but I do think that there are a few out there who are in states where 
where they're going to have tough races. You know, uh, Doug Jones is a good example of that. I think Joe Manchin is another example of that. And I think there are going to be some Democratic defections. I also think you and I talked about uh, a couple of the Republicans. You know, Lisa Murkowski has come out and said she's going to vote for acquittal. I think right. what's interesting is Susan Collins came Susan out yesterday Collins and said did the too, same yeah. thing, which puts Romney in a box. You and I, when we last talked, I thought that Romney might vote for it. Now I think he is, the, the spotlight is really on him. Is he going to have the guts? And I don't think Romney has shown throughout his entire career, this is not a guy who is imbued with a lot of guts. Is he going to have the guts now, even though it's you know for his self-preening ego, to vote for um, uh, conviction on this thing? And I think it's going to give him pause and some second thoughts, especially after what happened last night also. So you've got the event of Susan Collins announcing she's going to quit. He stands alone now. And then the despicable behavior on the part of the Democrats. Is he going to align himself with a party that was so filled with hatred and invective toward the president that they couldn't even rise and cheer for true American heroes when they were being pointed out? Yeah, rising. That's a great point. Rising for true American heroes and uh, and also rising, like I said before, for great economic news for or, uh, groups, you know, the identity groups the, uh, that they that they typically focus on blacks and women and so on and so forth. When great news was um, was uh, spoken about them. And then the last thing, uh, Peter Kersenow, was Rush. Um, yeah. Again, I, I, I you don't have to like his radio show. You don't have to like his politics. The man is dying. The man has stage four lung cancer. He was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't even look up as President Trump talked about him, and then the First Lady put that medal around his neck. She wouldn't, not only did she not stand and applaud, she wouldn't look up. I didn't see all of the camera views of the uh, uh, Democrats uh, in the crowd, but I'm going to assume that they didn't stand and applaud a man. I mean, can we not unite against cancer? Are we that far gone? Can they not join us in saying cancer's bad for everybody? That's that's another thing that uh, it, it's not just Nancy Pelosi. It was all of the Democrats, or at least most of them. I, I couldn't say I saw every single one of them. But in that context, when you cannot at least have some humanity about you, um, it was all about this hatred and invective for not just the president, but all that stand with him, and just for ordinary decency. We have a man who, you may disagree with him politically, but he's a great American. And by all measures, everyone keeps saying he's a, he's a very, you know, compassionate person, and he is. I mean, we've heard him. I've listened to him for 30 years now. Um, yeah, I agree with him, but I think that he is a decent human being that even those on the left can say, hey, I like the guy. He's a funny guy and all these other things. There's, there's not a mean bone in his body that I can distinguish. But nonetheless, they sat on their hands. I think this was a really bad night optically for Democrats. And let's face it. Their substance stinks, objectively stinks, and can't compete with what Trump has delivered. So if they don't have substance, all they have is optics, and they screwed that up royally last night. Peter Kersenow, I think uh, the decisions they made last night, not just the tearing up of the uh, of the speech by Nancy Pelosi, but their reactions, I honestly think are going to be what get Donald Trump reelected with a much larger margin than he had the first time around. I think middle America, independent America, is disgusted by that party. Uh, Peter Kersenow, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you hey, twice Bob, in one week, my friend. Thanks very much. It's a great show, and... Say hello to my friends at the West Shore Republicans at the War Bar and the Quiddle Party. I'm not going to be able to make it, but um, they're with you in spirit. You got it, my brother. Thank you. Peter Kirsten now joining us. I'll tell you more about the Time Warp Bar Party tonight, the uh, impeachment, or excuse me, the acquittal party, rather, the acquittal party that we are throwing for the president. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.